Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, the show dedicated to helping seven figure plus store owners build incredible businesses and amazing lives. I'm your host, Andrew Darian. Thanks so much for listening. Good to have you with me. And on the show today, I'm going to be talking about the five big mistakes and lessons I learned jumping into the deep end of the Facebook advertising pool. A lot of you listening, I'm sure, are running Facebook ads. It's it's one of you know the biggest traffic channels out there right now. I have never really meaningfully you know, gone deep on this channel. I'm much more traditionally of an organic guy, an SEO guy, content marketing guy, email marketing, that kind of stuff. The last two, three months, I've really jumped into Facebook ads to learn them to grow our, the email list for our job board to, to really build up a list of job seekers and learned a lot and made some pretty good mistakes along the way. So had a couple of people much smarter than me, who I'll mention later, dive in, give me some feedback and want to report back on some of the things I learned and changes I'll be making. So if you're brand new to Facebook ads, this will be a particularly helpful. And hopefully if, if you, you run a few ads, you'll grab at least one or two lessons from the blunders I made as well that can help you optimize and increase your return on ad spend. Quickly, before we jump into the episode, though, I want to give a big thank you to our two sponsors. First, Clavio, who makes email marketing automation incredibly easy and powerful. It's not too late to catch their September 13th and 14th event in Boston. They've got reps from Shopify Plus, Google, SendGrid, and more to help you grow your business faster with email. You can learn more and sign up for the event at ecommercefuel.com forward slash Boston dash event. And you can use the coupon code ecommercefuel to get a discount off your ticket. And secondly, thank you to Liquid Web, the absolute best place online to host your WooCommerce store if uptime and speed are important to you. One cool thing with Liquid Web, they've got a, a partnership with Glue.io, a very interesting analytics company out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Bill D'Alessandro, a good friend of the show, good friend of mine, put them on my radar recently. And they can give you some cool metrics partnered up with your Woo store on Liquid Web. Instead of looking at numbers like you know, just looking at data and going back to normal life, you get actionable data, like you can understand which products are making you the most money versus act, you know, just your top line revenue, calculating lifetime value of your customers, even recommending what products to potentially bundle together. A cool little, just one of the many integrations and partnerships Liquid Web has to help you make your WooCommerce store more effective. So if you want to learn more about them and how to make your WooCommerce store really shine, ecommercefuel.com forward slash Liquid Web. All right, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. So before jumping into big thanks for in order, first, thank you to Mike Jackness, who sat me down as a total Facebook noob and walked me through some high-level strategy things, gave me some pointers on how to get campaigns started and get going. So Mike, thank you. And secondly, to Miracle Wanzo, our resident Facebook expert in the e-commerce fuel forums, took a look at, was kind enough to offer to look at my campaigns after I've been running them for, for a little while, and who largely, a lot of this episode, these mistakes are based off of. She ripped my campaigns apart in the best possible way, and I learned a ton from her. So uh, thank you to both of you guys. I uh, really appreciate your help. Yeah, just you know, being a lot smarter than me at this and being willing to share some of the wisdom. So thank you. So mistake number one that I made as a Facebook newbie was using the same ad across all of my campaigns. So I had a lot of different campaigns that were focused on different audiences or focused on different different delivery platforms, things like that. And I went through and to try to minimize the number of variables, I kept the same ad copy, the same picture for the most part, and recreated that across, you know, a half a dozen different campaigns. 
And the problem with that, I was told, and then quickly learned, was that if you do that, you break up all the social proof from that one ad. So if you have engagement or comments or likes, and you reuse the same ad across your different different campaigns that you're running, uh, that you know that social proof compounds and it can be used across all of them. If you create a brand new version of the same ad every time, you lose all of that. So that was a big mistake I made going forward. I'm not going to split up the social proof. I'll keep it all in one. So use the same ad across all of your campaigns. Mistake number two that I made was I used campaign level budgeting versus ad level budgeting. And I tried to run the placements, tried to split test the placements myself. So on a bunch of my campaigns, I created an ad for that was the same ad that was targeting Instagram, that was targeting Messenger, that was targeting the desktop feed, et cetera, et cetera. And I was trying to optimize the delivery myself. And I was also setting the ad level, or excuse me, the, the, the spending level at the ad set, at the ad level itself on the individual ad. And what I, I learned was that Facebook's way better than I am at optimizing this stuff. Surprise, surprise, right? Like if you have something called campaign level budgeting, and I'm not sure this is available on all accounts, but I think it depends on a couple of things. But if you have it, you can set the campaign, what you want to spend at the high level on your campaign and Facebook will distribute it kind of in the smartest way possible across your different ad sets in the way that's going to maximize your results. So they'll look at how they're performing. They'll also look at some of their, I'm guessing, some of their AI data, not AI data, but machine learning data, understanding what performs best, maybe at better times. I, I'm not sure what goes into their magic sauce, of course. You tend to get better results, it sounds like, if you use the campaign level budgeting versus the ad level and let Facebook distribute your ads in a way that makes sense versus trying to manually do that. So that was the second thing I did. The third mistake I made was not thinking about running ads on Facebook correctly. I was thinking about running ads kind of like uh, kind of like you would with Google AdWords. Uh, a lot of my ads were things like, you know, hey, do you hate your job? Click here to learn about some incredible e-commerce opportunities. They were very, very direct marketing response ads. Do you have a problem? Come here. And that, that's not necessarily a bad solution, but but Facebook is you know, they're not, it's not a search-based network. It is a browsing-based network and you're, you're interrupting people's flows. And so when Miracle jumped in and looked at my dashboard, one of the first things she saw was my CPMs, which stands for kind of cost for a million or not million impressions, cost for a thousand impressions was really high. I think they were like $30 plus, which apparently is pretty high in the Facebook world. And it became apparent when she looked at my ad copy what the problem was. And I wasn't thinking about trying to create a Facebook ad or some kind of post that engaged with people. They were static images. They were calls to action. They weren't, you know, they weren't getting in, in engagement. And in Facebook's algorithm, the more engagement that you get, the more comments, the more likes, the more people are interested in what you have, the, the cheaper it's going to be to show that to everyone in their, in their, in their feed. Uh, effectively, your cost, you know, your CPM is going to go down. And so that's something that we're definitely going to be going forward, changing our approach there. And to be honest, still something that I think it's still sounds like it's going to be a little bit of an art to try to, to, to like any advertising, but trying to write an engaging ad that gets people to drawn into your content, but also leads them down the path to, to convert or potentially just be able to pixel them and retarget them later. I've got a lot to learn there. A lot smarter people than me that you can learn from from that. But that was my mistake was trying to more of the direct response, short firm kind of search query based ads versus the ads that are intended to engage, hook people in, and then you can follow up with them later. Number four, the fourth mistake I made was not customizing my dashboard, was using the stock dashboard, which had a lot of, you know, just 
not that helpful information, shockingly. It didn't have metrics like click-through rates, CPMs, CPC, stands for cost per click, the frequency, which is the average number of times people are seeing your ad, number of link clicks, a a bunch of other metrics that just once once Miracle got in there and, and showed me, you know, hey, these are, you know, you really need to customize this dashboard to be more useful. I, I quickly saw the benefit and it gave so much more insight into which ads were, were working well and the cost per ad sets and things like that. So you can go to, it's pretty easy, but if you don't know, in your ad manager on the columns drop down, go to customize columns, you can save your own your own kind of column layout to give you way more information. So mistake number four. I made and that you shouldn't make. If you haven't done this yet, go and customize your reporting dashboard. You'll get way better results and way better insights into your into your ad sets. The fifth mistake I made was writing off entire audiences or demographics without a long history of seeing them perform. So there was a couple different audiences that weren't performing very well and, and combined with an ad, uh, kind of the targeting for an ad or certain messaging. And after a couple of weeks, wasn't performing well. And, and I just decided, hey, this isn't going to work anymore. I'm going to iterate and I'm going to move on. And the, some great advice I got was you don't always know, unless you see a certain audience underperform multiple times, don't just assume it's terrible. Obviously, you know, you got to temper this a little bit. You don't want to just, you know, you can definitely waste a lot of money trying to get more squeeze out of a, a dry lemon. But I think I was a little quick to write off audiences, maybe perhaps you know, there was something going on with that demographic that week that I wasn't aware of, or maybe it was just a bad delivery time, or maybe my certain ad copy doesn't, didn't resonate perfectly with them. So I was writing off kind of, kind of the, the advice I got was make sure you see multiple instances of where a, an audience is significantly underperforming before you completely write them off. Not to say you can't allocate a little more budget to audiences that, are, that start to perform better, but don't completely write them off just because they underperform once. Make sure you see it multiple times. So I know I said five, but the sixth one that I had here wasn't really a mistake I, I made, but more of a lesson. And that was, I was thinking about Facebook and targeting very much from using my pixeled insights that I had from my audience, but, and also some kind of some, some interest or demographic data that Facebook had. So maybe I created my custom audiences, included people who had visited my website, had visited the job boards, and people who also were maybe, let's say, interested in e-commerce and in a certain range of, you know, certain age range, let's say like 20 to 65, something like that. And an audience I wasn't really thinking of was creating behavioral audiences based on very specific actions on my website. So yeah, visitors, but even more so thinking about people who maybe take very micro actions, maybe they sign up for a job alert, or maybe they have come through and visited five ads in the digital marketing space. And granted, these audiences are going to take a lot longer to build up, but they're huge assets. If you can build one of these audiences up over, let's say, you know, a six-month period, you can create a hyper-targeted audience that Facebook probably isn't going to give you the demographics for, and that you can use to create some really powerful lookalike audiences to hyper-target other people on a macro scale that is going to be a massive competitive advantage. So I wasn't thinking about that long game as much in terms of building up those audiences. Also for retargeting too, if you want to be able to do that to, to retarget those people back. That's a little more obvious, but the, the hyper-targeting on a micro audience side I thought was interesting. So if you're thinking about it like I was in more of a narrow fashion, just you know, visitors to your website or, you know, using Facebook's demographic information, think that third option. Think what are some of the really hyper, hyper 
super specific actions that people are taking on your website in terms of the content they look at, what they're engaging with, that you're not going to build a huge audience, but maybe over time you can build up a really big list that can help you create some incredibly specific lookalike audiences at scale. So those are my six mistakes. Just again, real quickly in summary, use the same ad across all of your campaigns. One, use campaign level budgeting instead of trying to set it at the ad level and outsmart Facebook. You're probably not smarter than Facebook's placement algorithm. Number three, make sure you're writing ads with a high focus towards engagement, not just direct response marketing. Number four, customize your dashboard. Number five, don't write off certain audiences or demographics unless you see them underperform at least uh, multiple times. And sixth, think about some of the very focused audiences you can create based around very specific actions, even if they take a long time to build up. So again, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Miracle. Really appreciate you guys' your guys's help as I'm pushing away from the dock here as <laughs> a total noob in the Facebook world. But I hope it was helpful to you. Definitely will be changing the way that I do a lot of things in Ad Manager. And before wrapping things up here, I'm going to do something that admittedly is maybe a little self-indulgent, but it's, you know, what the heck, I'm going to do it anyway. Feel free to drop off if I, if I bore you, <laughs> but I'm going to run myself through the new lightning round that I've been asking guests about recently. So what's something I've changed my mind about recently? I would say I read a book this last probably three months. I imagine a lot of people probably have. It's called How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan, talking all about psychedelics, things like LSD, uh, this whole category of drugs. And for, you know, pre-book, I would have thought, you know, I would have lumped all those psychedelics in the same category as things like heroin and cocaine and methamphetamines. And not to say I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go out and eat a bunch of magic mushrooms, but it, it was an interesting perspective shift on some of the potentially, you know, the ways that those can be used for treating mental health that I thought were interesting. So that would be something I'd change my mind about. What are you currently spending too much money on? I would probably say my VW van. It is a money pit and it just consumes massive amounts of money. What's something you're not spending enough money on? I'd probably say jeans. Up until two weeks ago, I only had one pair of jeans that did not have holes in them and I hadn't bought new jeans in probably in at least two years. Finally remedied that because I was it was getting difficult to go out in public. But yeah, probably jeans. Need to spend more money on jeans and clothes in general. What's one of the top three items on your bucket list? Something you want to do before you die? I would love to either drive or ride a horse across Mongolia before I die. Seems like a cool place. Sounds like there's a lot of still fairly nomadic people that, that just kind of live out of yurts and ride around on horses in Mongolia. And I'm sure I'm romanticizing it more than it is, but met people from Mongolia and uh, it just sounds like a really fun adventure. And then finally, if you had a tattoo on your arm, what would it say that you know tattoo people could see on a daily basis and you'd have to look at? I would probably say, I'd probably write something along the lines of don't compare or don't compare yourself. I think comparing yourself to other people, to other other people's lives and accomplishments is like one of the most toxic things you can do, especially when you do it so selectively. We are great at comparing our, you know, our best work to other people's best work, but without any kind of consideration about what they sacrifice to get there, how other parts of their life are. And I think apart from just that, apart, apart from being a flawed way of, you know, you're never comparing apples to apples. It's just, it robs people from the, you know, just, it's a joy thief. So that's what I would put on my arm. Hope that helped on the Facebook front. So head forth, try not to make the mistakes that I made. And again, Miracle and Mike, thank you so much. 
That's going to do it for this week's episode. But if you enjoyed what you heard and are interested in getting plugged into a dynamic community of experienced store owners, check us out at ecommercefuel.com. Ecommerce Fuel is the private vetted community for e-commerce entrepreneurs. And what makes us different is that we really heavily vet everyone that is a member to make sure that they're a great fit, that they can add value to a broader community. Everyone that joins has to be doing at least a quarter million dollars in sales via their store. And our average member does over seven figures in sales annually. So if you'd like to learn more, if that sounds interesting, you can learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com. And also have to thank our two sponsors that make the show possible, Liquid Web. If you are on WooCommerce or you're thinking about getting onto WooCommerce, Liquid Web is who you should have host your store, particularly with their managed WooCommerce hosting. It's highly elastic and scalable. It's got built-in tools to performance test your store so you can be confident it's going to work well. And it's built from the ground up for WooCommerce. And you can learn more about their offering at ecommercefuel.com forward slash Liquid Web. And finally, Clavio. For email marketing, they make email segmentation easy and powerful. They integrate with just about every card out there and help you build incredibly automated, powerful segments that make you money on autopilot. You can check them out and get started for free at Clavio.com. Thanks so much for listening and looking forward to seeing you again next Friday. Want to connect with and learn from other proven e-commerce entrepreneurs? Join us in the e-commerce fuel private community. It's our tight-knit, vetted group for store owners with at least a quarter million dollars in annual sales. You can learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again next time.